0: An anthology about the bad, the short-lived, and the forgotten shows and events in television history. This is It Was a Thing on TV. Punisher, control! Hey, before I change my mind! I give you Super Train! Oh, <laughs> Episode
1: 380 Submission number 2403, King of the Building. King of the Building was an unsold pilot for CBS, airing as part of their summer playhouse on July 31st, 1987. Wait, it
2: didn't air until 1987? I could have sworn this pilot was made earlier than that.
1: Well, I don't know how old this pilot was, but it aired in 1987. And what day did you say it aired in 1987? July 31st, 1987. Ah, oh, the good old CBS Summer Playhouse. Hosted by our good friends Tim Reed and Aunt Viv Second.
0: And just a word of warning this theme song. This might be the worst theme song we've heard yet.
1: Just wait till we cover the magnificent marble machine, my friend.
0: I like that theme. That is a certain charm to it. I will say the one redeeming quality that this theme has is it didn't yell at me, sort of like, Ferris Bueller! Ferris Bueller! Now, before we get into the theme, some
2: analytics here. It is the third episode that originates in July of 1987. Do you want to know what the two other episodes are? Well, one has to be Kung Fu The Next Generation. No, actually. Oh, really? Infiltrator? No. Kung Fu The Next Generation aired on June 19th, and Infiltrator aired on August 14th of 1987. The other two are Good Morning Miss Bliss and The New Adventures of Beans Baxter. Uh,
1: Two choice episodes, if I do say so myself.
2: Yeah. Now here's that theme that Mike didn't like.
1: Okay, what can we say about this show? It's basically, uh, we're still in the middle of pilot month, so obviously, unsold pilot. And obviously, they gave us, the viewers, the choice to whether or not we want to see more of the pilot, or less of the pilot. Well, given that Richard Lewis was an up-and-coming comic at the time, and... He literally had one big shtick, and that is the kind of self-loathing, neurotic stream of consciousness, if that makes any sense.
0: No, that describes him to a T. Yeah,
1: he actually got to start on The Tonight Show in 1974 after getting the nerve to perform his own jokes in 1971. So here's this guy. He's waiting a long time for his big break. All of a sudden, it's coming at him hard and fast. He's earned his nickname, The Prince of Pain. And the thing of it is, he got his sort of inspiration and help from the likes of David Brenner, Robert Klein, that sort of guy. And he actually exploded in 1979 when instead of an episode of Saturday Night Live because in 1979 Saturday Night Live was pretty much one foot in the grave, they aired his film Diary of a Young Comic. It was a change from Saturday Night Live, uh, not a memorable change from Saturday Night Live, but it definitely got his name out there. And who should attract his attention, but the legendary James Comack. Now, y'all know who James Comack is, right?
2: No. Can you please tell me who James Comack is?
3: No, no, I know.
0: Welcome back, Cotter.
1: Welcome oh. back, Cotter. Oh. Yes. also did uh, Sugar Time to less acclaim. Oh, my God, I forgot about Sugar Time. Oh, now you're interested.
2: No, because we talked about it all the way back in Flying High like three years ago, and I forgot about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the guy who's responsible for the courtship of Eddie's father. Welcome back, Connor. Chico and the man. Mr. and Tina. Oh, my God. Are you serious? But
2: let's not bury the lead. He gave us sugar time.
1: With an exclamation point.
2: Oh, that's important. That is very important. Sugar time!
1: Exclamation point. That's right up there with Jeopardy! Exclamation point.
0: Uh, And few! Exclamation point.
1: So Richard Lewis, after honing his craft for so many years, finally got an opportunity to make bank on it in the form of a TV show. Now... He's been on a lot of TV shows before that and a lot of TV shows since. Of course, we remember him mostly from 56 of the best half-hours of television on Anything But Love opposite Jamie Lee Curtis and 13 not-so-memorable half-hours as one half of Hiller & Diller. But the TV show that put Richard Lewis's name out there at least that was the hope, would be this show about a doorman on New York's famed Residence of the Stars Park Avenue. High, ritzy apartment building with some really colorful characters. There's the amateur plumber, Hector, the assistant, Leon, the other assistant, Eddie, and the superintendent, Mr. Jameson. And those are just the people that work there. Then you have the residents, chief among which is Mrs. Gladstone, who thinks that the staff are her long-lost family members who don't visit her the dear. So who did they get to play off of Richard Lewis's neuroses? Richard Lewis plays Joey, who is the head doorman of this building, and as such, he is the first face you see going in, last face you see coming out, and the most familiar face that anybody will see which can get him either into or out of trouble. His associate and friend and plumber, Hector, is played by Jose Perez, who played, among other things, Corporal Armando Garcia in The Mask of Zorro from 1998. His other associates, Leon and Eddie, were played by some comedians themselves. Leon was played by Tiger Haynes, known for the Mosquito Coast, All That Jazz, and The Wakenings. Sadly, no longer with us. He died in 1994 in New York City.
0: Hey, one more thing to add about Tiger Haynes. He played the Tin Man in the 1983 version of The Wiz. On Broadway? I just see uh, uh, in IMDb. So it may okay, have been a so... TV thing. I, it wasn't the movie because that was like 78. Must have been a made for. I think you're on the right path. Uh, looking at it, it does say video. So I'm going to guess that may have, it wouldn't have been like direct to video because I don't think that was necessarily a thing in 1983. Maybe it's one of those things that was like rental only. I assume
2: maybe maybe they recorded the play and then it
1: went direct to video maybe maybe because he did perform ease on down the road on both the mike douglas show and saturday night live with howard cosell in the mid 70s so he might have been in the broadway cast and then playing the fast-talking Eddie, you have Bobby Slayton, who was an up-and-coming comic in the oeuvre of Richard Lewis himself. And speaking of credits, he was the Miami comic in Dream Girls in 2006, and he played a character named Dick Allen in Get Shorty.
2: Not the baseball player Dick Allen. But if you know the baseball player Dick Allen, you know that legendary picture of him on the cover of Sports Illustrated juggling some baseballs with a cigarette in his mouth. Ain't that right, Mike? You're right about that, yes. The good old days. The good old days. Should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame, Dick Allen, as a matter of
1: fact.
0: Veterans can add him.
1: Next is their boss, the superintendent, Mr. Jameson, played by Simon Jones, who is known for playing the role of Arthur Dent in the original Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy miniseries on BBC and the radio show that spawned from that. Am I the only one who has seen the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy on BBC?
0: I'll say yes to that.
1: I've never seen anything Hitchhiker's Guide
0: related, so... I mean, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. One more. He played Lord Brideshead on the miniseries, also British, Brideshead Revisited. Now, okay, I was going to say, you guys have never heard of Brideshead Revisited?
1: I've heard of Brideshead Revisited.
0: Okay, well, at least we're betting a little better than uh, how we are doing with uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy.
1: Guys, if anybody's listening out there who has heard of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, can you please help me out? Because it is amazing.
0: Oh, our listeners, I know some of our listeners. There are a few, I guarantee, who have uh, watched Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, that 1981 miniseries.
2: And I believe Peter Davison
1: is in The uh, Hitchhiker's Guide miniseries. He's still working, Simon Jones. He played Judge Carl Gaddis in a 2022 episode of The Good Fight on Paramount+. And was in Downton Abbey the movie as King George V. So yeah, still working.
2: And very timely, since we're recording this a week after King Charles' coronation.
1: Yes, one week ago today, Anderson Cooper thought that Prince George was not behind him. He was totally behind them.
0: Affirmative on Peter Davison being in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. But you know who else was in it? This was a surprising name. David Prowse. Darth Vader? Yes! Wow! As a bodyguard. Because remember, David Prowse, he was a bodybuilder. And, true fact, he was on the very first scene... Of the very first episode of Benny Hill. Greg, you look very shocked. I guarantee you it was
2: probably like the first ever scene where Benny was in shenanigans with a bunch
0: of girls in their top. No, actually what it was, if I remember correctly, was Benny Hill or a character of Benny Hill's was tossing coins into a wishing well. And I forget what he wished for, but one of the things ended up being a bodybuilder. And it was David Prouse. Why'd they wish for a body I, I don't remember the exact context of it. It's been a long time since I saw it. But it just rang a bell when I uh, saw it originally. It's like, okay, that looks like the guy who did uh, Darth Vader and went on IMDb and lo and behold, it is. Oh, nice.
1: And rounding out the cast as Mrs. Gladstone, the confused old Biddy, that lives upstairs. Billy
2: Bird. And of course, she was in the greatest Police Academy movie ever. As I always like to say on this podcast, Police Academy for Citizens on Patrol. Damn right. Yama, yama, yama,
1: yumma. Yama, yama, yumma yumma And it introduced the world to a young Tony Hawk and a young David Spade. Of course, she was also on uh, Dear John and Benson, but nobody talks about those. No, I'm kidding. If this were to have gone to series, the log line would have been, Doorman gets into shenanigans with his staff and his tenants, and tries to avoid shenanigans from his boss. But really, it would have been 22 minutes of Richard Lewis being Richard Lewis. As evidenced, By the pilot. We start in the middle of the night where Joey lets in Hector to work on one of the many problems that this building has. A hot water heater. And who meets the two of them? Mrs. Gladstone with a plate of cookies and a glass of milk. She's a dear. Here's the thing, though. She thinks Joey is her son, Elliot, who doesn't visit her anymore. Oops! Elliot! And Joey's all like, why can't you remember that I'm Joey, I'm not Elliot? And she's like, Elliot, I can't sleep without a hot bath. I turned the faucets on and I can't get any hot water. Hector is fixing it, so just get some warm milk and go to bed. We'll have this fixed in the morning. Oh, Hector fixes it, all right. He sets off a fire alarm as the boiler blows, bringing down every one of the tenants from upstairs. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And everybody's, you know, complaining at the same time, Wondering Where's the fire? What do we do? What am I supposed to get? What do we go? Where do we go? And Joey's trying to calm everybody down by turning off the fire alarm. The only way he knows how Yanking the wire out of the wall. It was Hector's idea. That does not ease anybody's fears. So, Joey threatens to reveal who is sleeping with who in the hotel. That sends everybody back upstairs. The next day, we have the parade of the eccentric tenants of the building, and the dog, and a kid who plays cards, and apparently is charging Joey six candy bars. The kid and the dog leave the hotel and now we meet our window washer Tiger Haynes playing Leon. Mr. Jameson comes in and complains that Leon is using too much ammonia. Of course he's using too much ammonia. How else is he gonna clean the windows? I mean, come on. Suffice it to say, Mr. Jameson Not a fan of Joey. But Joey's got bigger problems. Remember how Mrs. Gladstone used the water faucets yesterday? She forgot to turn them off.
2: Uh Uh-oh.
1: Uh-oh. And now her room is flooded. Hector has done as much as he can with the boiler. He's holding the whole thing together with a garden hose. And who hears everything that's going on? Mr. Jameson. Who gives Joey one last chance? He is not to go up to see Mrs. Gladstone while a social worker is coming to assess her mental faculties for possible uh, institutionalization. Because, as we remembered... Mrs. Gladstone, she's a little Lulu. But guess where Joey ends up? Where does he end up? He ends up in Mrs. Gladstone's apartment. Oh no. She thinks he's her kid. He gets a mother figure that he probably hasn't had for a while. You ask me, everybody wins. So Joey goes up to the apartment and tells Mrs. Gladstone to start packing to go on vacation. Anywhere. Everywhere. Mrs. Gladstone, because she's taken in the head, doesn't really get the hint. Leon manages to fix the blood in her bathroom and apparently remove the bird in her toilet? And Hector manages to fix the hot water in the basement, so everything is okay. For now. But, guess who shows up? It's Mr. Jameson. He's at the door. He's about to show his doorman the door. He filed this complaint with his union... And in a bit of orgasmic ecstasy, Jerry Jameson fires Joey. And tells Mrs. Gladstone, If I were you, I would start collecting cardboard boxes. Meanwhile, here's Mrs. Gladstone, Oh goody, someone's having kittens! And of course, Joey can't help but feel bad for her, because... She's about to be thrown out of the street, and Joey's about to be thrown out with her. Oh, no. This is terrible, Chico. She's going to get thrown out
2: of the apartment, and he's not going to have a job anymore. So what are they going to do?
1: Well, Joey's determined that he will have his job back, and he's going to get Eddie to help him. Not only is he going to get Eddie to help him, he's going to get Leon and Hector to help him, too. But how? Oh, we just have to rig Mrs. Gladstone's apartment to, well, break apart. And it has to happen while the social worker is here. If she sees that this place is a dump, she will report Mr. Jameson to the city. That makes sense, right?
0: Yeah. Of course it does.
1: So how is this going to go over? Well, turns out Mrs. Gladstone magically remembers things like who she is, where she is, who Joey is, who Mr. Jameson is. And if she gets any of her questions wrong, it's bingo and lime jello on a Tuesday. All of a sudden, lights flicker. The air conditioning blows, and shelves come undone in her kitchen. The only thing that doesn't happen was a fire. That's only probably because they didn't think of it. Oh yeah, did I mention that the fridge comes apart too? Because that's important. No you didn't. Yep, the fridge comes apart, air conditioning's busted. Shelves come unglued, quite literally. One line from the social worker will put Mr. Jameson out of business. Of course, it would probably would have helped if they told Mrs. Gladstone about things before they started falling apart. Because she gets mighty scared. But she does think that the Meals on Wheels fictional version of this show poisons her food, so she doesn't eat that crap. She pays $62.50 a month to live in that apartment. Hey, New York apartment's of the 80s. Rent control, gotta love it. And Joey's up there saying, Hey, don't forget to take a look at the bathroom. So she does. And, um, cue the Wilhelm scream. <gasps> and, uh, the bird that was flooded in the toilet... Surprisingly still there. So after the social worker comes out of the bathroom, here comes Richard Lewis being Richard Lewis. And you know what? I'm just gonna let the comedy happen, guys.
3: There's a dead bird in your toilet. (laughs) Who do you think you're fooling? Yes,
1: Joey, who do you think you're fooling?
3: All right, all right, you got me, I did it. Let's make one thing perfectly clear. That bird was dead when I found it. I have never killed an animal in my entire life. Granted, I'm not particularly fond of parakeets, but I would never hurt one. And yet, I would kill a Bengal tiger for you. Why? Because of love. I don't know. What's that yet you'll say that I love Heidi, that tall stewardess in 15J. It's true. That's the kind of love between a sunbather and a doormail binoculars. I love that. Listen, let's I not forget. I love my job. I know. It's hard to love a job when you're freezing in the winter and you are in the summer and cabs splash on you and dogs, they dance on your leg. And I have a tough time telling attractive women that, hey, I'm a doorman. And some of my close friends say yeah, that I have a thing, to about, a thing you about that old lady. I mean, who else would bring me coconut patties in the middle of the night? She dons my socks. She... It's me. Sweaters with the number of the building on it. It's beautiful, and yet I pay a price. Joey, I drop my watch down the drain. Joey, is Fuzzy, Joey, my keep the missing, but I do it. I get involved. Why do I get involved? You know why I get involved, don't you? Don't you know why? I told you before. Love. But a cartload of poppycock.
2: <laughs>
1: oh yeah. Did we mention the Saint Bernard from earlier, Chico? We did mention the Saint Bernard. He's okay. the same St. Bernard that the kid walks on his way out. Okay, good, because I was
2: I was busy with some other stuff, too. So I'm glad we mentioned the St. Bernard. Okay, so since nobody can see it, what we see, can you describe what the St. Bernard did? He was bringing the paper in. And then he got so bored, he was
1: like, nah, I'm cool, I'm just going to walk out. But he did stop in the middle of Joey's micro-rant, which lasted a good four scenes! Four scenes of micro rants, and everybody ends up listening to him, including the dog. He was doing his own version of the talking filibuster! Yes! But now that everybody has his attention... And everybody knows that Joey does everything out of love. Not just for his job, not just for his staff, but also for his tenants. And maybe even for Mr. Jameson. Who the hell knows? So now that he's got Mr. Jameson pretty much caught in the middle of things, and the social worker is about... To file a harassment charge on Mr. Jameson. Mr. Jameson's basically like, I only want what's best for the old woman. And she's like, no, you want what's best for you. My job is to make sure Mrs. Gladstone can take care of herself. That's quite evident to me that with Joey around, she can. Well, that would be nice if Joey worked here. And Mr. Jameson gives Joey his job back. With the pay raise. And Mrs. Gladstone can stay as long as she wants. And all is right in 734 Park Avenue. One thing I don't get and one thing Joey doesn't get. The social worker saw right through his scam. So why didn't she say anything? Well, she says it isn't every day she finds someone who's willing to put His own problems decide to look out for an old woman. So Joey asks her on a date. And she says, uh... Yeah, not a chance. Such is the life of a New York City doorman, am I right? Oh, by the way, we have one more explosion in the basement with the hot water boiler. Joey tries to explain it as a new addition to the uh, apartment building. Rec Room, ponies, games, the whole lot. Oh, wow! Ponies! Yeah, and the show just fades to black in the middle of another Richard Lewis rant. It's it's like I told you. This is basically a 22-minute-long Richard Lewis set. With supplemental characters. And it's not like Richard Lewis's shtick doesn't work. Clearly it did, because... He's one of the most legendary comedians of our time. I mean, uh, Craig Kilborn asked at the end of his five questions, question five, use the word neurotic in a sentence. And his legendary answer, Hi, how you doing? Back when The Daily Show didn't mean as much. Anyway. So, yeah, that's the pilot. Thoughts? I don't know. I mean... You basically
2: said it yourself. It's a twenty-two minute Richard Lewis set with characters. So it's like, yeah, this was an enjoyable like twenty-two minutes, but I don't know if this necessarily would have worked as a full-time
1: series. Richard Lewis needs a buffer, which is why anything but love worked, because let's face it, Jamie Lee Curtis is a really good buffer. That's right. They had chemistry. Dance and Simpatico. Richard Lewis did not have any chemistry with any of his castmates. He was just playing off everybody and everything for laughs. Including the dog and the kid.
0: I still say that theme song is horrible. But I agree with what Greg said. A, you need somebody to sort of bounce stuff off of him. Jamie Lee Curtis did that perfectly on Anything But Love. I think that was a great show back in the day. I actually thought this pilot might have been, like, after it a little bit, but I didn't realize that didn't debut until 89. I thought that was a little earlier. It just wasn't that good. I think we need to go back to the whole Jamie Lee Curtis thing, but maybe he just works best in a setting with, uh, with some... Uh, I don't want to say comic foil, but that might be the best word to use.
2: Yeah. Well, you said that the theme song to King of the Building wasn't great. But you know what? This theme, I think, was much better.
1: (laughs) Ha! Ha! I'm Joey
3: Curtis. Tonight on Hollywood Babylon, we're going to be talking about King of the Building. Why is this show
2: at work? It didn't have a great comic foil like my daughter, Tony Curtis.
0: Remember way back when, when I actually made Hollywood Babylon an entry? Yeah. I don't think we need to make it an entry anymore. It's it's part of the show.
2: It is. Hosted by me, Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis.
0: After that, what else is there to say?
2: Well, I have one thing to say. We didn't get any of Tim and Daphne Reed for this.
0: It must have been edited out, because I saw they edited out the end. The closing credits.
2: Yeah, I'm so disappointed.
0: So what else can we say? Simply put, King of the Building, well, it got evicted. Evicted quickly, one episode, just the pilot. And sadly, it just became a thing on TV. Don't forget, we're everywhere. It was a thing on TV.com. Look us up on your preferred podcast player. We're also on all social media at it was thing on TV, except for Facebook at It Was a Thing on TV podcast. On YouTube, don't forget, like, subscribe, hit the bell to stay notified with all our updates, including what's coming later this week. We got more pilots.
2: Oh, yeah. And you know what? This pilot, the main character, he's a real dick.
0: Yeah, and that dick is brought to you by the same people who brought you Batman 66. I mean, Batman 66. Wouldn't that be great if it was brought to you by the same people that brought you Fatman66?
2: Oh, yes. we get more answers to the unanswered question than what was in the Danish.
0: Well, cheese. Duh. He said himself, was there cheese in here? Cheese gives him problems.
1: What did I just walk into?
0: Hey, Chico's here. He missed the entire closing of the episode. (laughs) That's what you get when you walk away. I had adult
1: responsibilities.
0: Okay. (laughs) So that's coming up later on this week. On Thursday, right here on It Was a Thing on TV. As always, thank you very much for listening. Have yourself a good rest of the day. Greg, give us a little roar. Row. So sorry. Do
2: we still
3: have time to do it? Oh, Oh. I'm sorry, huh? I'm late now. It's too late for lunch? It's too late for lunch, and it's too late for my career, and you f*** me with Tesla. Is It's not working, huh? He sucks. He doesn't know comedy. I know that. I know. He should be selling fabrics. Why'd you hire him? How You! My friend of 47 years, you recommended Uh, him. I recommended him. When I called you, I told you that he asked me to recommend him, so I'm recommending him. You know, I put quotes around him. Why'd you recommend him? Would you miss Mr. Corbin? I thought that you would pick up that. It was a non-recommend recommend. recommend. You know, life is very brief, okay? And you know I need a good series. life too short? You think it's too short? Yeah, it's too short, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but now my life is f-ing way short. I'm you sorry, ruined I... my f-ing pilot because of your recommendation. I could see if it came from a from a skinhead. Yeah, or one of Bin Laden's people. You are calling La- Bin Laden or Bin Laden? I don't know. You called him Ben. That's almost like a Jewish <laughs> name. <laughs> That's you know? true. Ben Laden does sound like a shirtmaker in Manhattan. Yes, America. I know. It's, I go yeah. to Ben Laden. They yeah. got great colors. <laughs> exactly. I
2: yeah.